Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Book of Joe podcast with me, Tom Verducci and Joe Madden. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? I am great. We got the World Series back in Philadelphia. <laughs> I know you know that well. I brought the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays yep. into Citizens Bank Park. Now, there's going to be a lot of talk, Joe, about home field advantage. There always is. But the way the Phillies are rolling at the bank, 5-0 and this postseason. They have the best all-time record, actually, in postseason play in their home ballpark, any park that's hosted at least 20 postseason games. And we all know about the noise level we've heard throughout this postseason. You've been there. You've heard the crowds in that joint. Are the Astros a team that might be bothered by – it really is a home field advantage for Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never um, I understand what you just said, but I, in baseball, I never really thought that uh, being away is a home field advantage uh, in in such a big game. For instance, with the, with the Cubs and the Indians, we go to Cleveland and win uh, Game Six and Seven in Cleveland. That place is pretty raucous too. I also believe Houston, having uh, gone through what they did over the last several years, is kind of a little bit hardened to all this. I believe. Because you're going to hear stuff, I'm telling you, you're going to hear stuff there that you have not heard anywhere else. You've not heard it um, in a locker room, and it's going to come out of the stands right at you. And But I think, like I said, these players from Houston, uh, having gone through the, the scandal from a couple of years ago, are a little bit more hardened than the average baseball team. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, if any group's going to handle it, I think they can. Uh, I understand, like you said, the the record and, uh, and everything about it, but... Um, I think they. I think Houston can mitigate that a bit. I would not just write them off based on that uh, previous record by Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience? And actually, it, it affects more families because they're in the stands than others. Yeah. Uh, in, in that kind of a hostile environment. Yeah, it did. It happened, and then I can't repeat what uh, what somebody uh, said to my uh, at that time seven or eight year old granddaughter Tyler. I, uh, near the ladies' bathroom. It was like, you got to be kidding me. I was uh, mortified. Everybody was. Um, I just, I just listen. I, I know it's Philadelphia, and I know we're supposed to accept the behavior a little bit uh, more tolerant of, of, of uh, deviant behavior, but I, I really don't believe it's uh, that's an excuse. That's not a good enough excuse. I, I would listen, have, have a blast, please. Uh, 
have as much fun as you possibly can. But really, uh, when it comes down to assaulting verbally the other team's group, it really gets out of control. And I really, it's not, I don't think it's ever going to change. It's nobody's going to listen to this. Obviously, I actually said something in the papers um, after that incident with Tyler in, in Philadelphia. But uh, go there, have a great time, enjoy your Phillies. They're a great ball club. City has a great tradition, and I really do like Philadelphia, but I just wish that they would behave a little bit more civilly uh, when it comes to um, just uh, confronting the uh, opposition fans and families in the, st- in the stands. By the way, were those games in Philadelphia at the World Series um, the debut of those Elmer Fudd baseball caps? I mean, it was. Wow. If anybody doesn't remember those, the Rays are wearing these caps that had basically earmuffs attached to them. It looked like the old Elmer Fudd hunting caps. I I thought it was a major breakthrough of the history of baseball fashion. And Joe Madden, as always, at the forefront. Yeah, I think they knew I would do it, you know. And and so I I got it. I said, man, I love these hats. And then during the game, uh, Joe Buck was interviewing me during the game and I had the hat on. And, of course, Joe was hammering on that. But I think eventually it's made its way to Cooperstown, from what I understand. I think the hat is there in some obscure uh, glass case. Uh, warm, uh, absolutely necessary at that time. You know, we, we now we have the more of the conventional little stocking cap, the dinkies that we call them back home. But yeah, um, it was it was very uh, beneficial. If you remember the weather at that time, very ben- beneficial under the circumstances. Right. And here's, uh, you know, one logistical thing that may come into play with the crowd noise. You know, nowadays these teams use the pitch comm device. Yeah. It's an electronic device where the catcher can signal the pitches to the, not just the pitcher, by the way, um, but the middle infielders also have a headset. It's basically a speaker embedded in their cap where they can hear the signs that are given to the pitcher. It's important, obviously, for the middle infielders to know whether it's an off-speed pitch or a fastball coming. Well, during the year, and most playoff games even, the shortstop second baseman will have the volume set at 12 on a scale from 1 to 20. That's pretty loud, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Bryson Stott, the Philly shortstop, said in the games there, he's cranked it all the way up to 20. So how about that? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a different environment. I mean, listen, I've been in a lot of loud places, and, and the Philly fans, they bring it. Of course they do, and, and that's interesting to hear that. I didn't realize about the volume levels. Um uh, it has to be done because in the past, obviously, giving signs, the middle infielders can see what the sign was. They knew what the sign, first signs, uh, you know, first sign after two, whatever it might have been. And they knew what pitch was coming. They could relay it. And also, um, it really benefits corner infielders because they need to know what's coming, too. And some teams are better at relaying sides to their corner guys. A lot of time it came from the catcher primarily. Yadi, excuse me, Molina did a great job in St. Louis. His corner guys always knew if it was going to be soft or it was going to be a fastball, whatever, they knew which side to lean to. Uh, so, yeah, they, it's it's necessary. And I think center fielders, uh, they, all the guys could actually, I think, uh, tune in and, and find out exactly what's going on. The only center fielder I've ever had that told me he could see the signs was Jimmy Edmonds. Jimmy could actually see a catcher's signs and move accordingly. His eyes were that good. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, that just does indicate how loud that ballpark is. I've been in some dome stadiums, man, that, you know, like Seattle back in the day, uh, we had a big playoff game there, one gamer with uh, the Mariners in the kingdom. Wow. I mean, you can't even talk to the person next to you. The same thing at the Metrodome. We had some playoff games in the Metrodome, and you got to yell at the person standing next to you just to hear what the other person is saying. So there's the, it's no different than football. Football has to work on um, different methods in order to get the snap count right, but 
it gets loud and it can be advantageous. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Metrodome because I often get asked, you know, what's the loudest venue you've been in for a baseball game? And going back to 1987 and 1991, those postseasons at the Metrodome, there was nothing louder. I mean, listen, it had, there were a lot of people in there, and with that Teflon roof they had there, the sound would just reverberate. And you walked out of there after a three-and-a-half-hour game, and it's like you were at an ACDC concert for <laughs> three-and-a-half hours. Your ears literally were ringing. I'll never forget one of my favorite stories about how loud it was. In the Metrodome, they had the bullpens on the field down the lines, and the bullpen catcher had to literally keep his foot on the telephone to feel it ring because he couldn't hear it ring. And because the noise was so constant. So it's great. I, you know, listen, I, I agree with you, Joe, generally the home field in baseball, not huge. It's like a 52% edge, uh, you know, football, I think it can affect play and snap counts and things like that. I'm not sure it's going to affect the Houston Astros, but man, it's a fun environment when places get rocking like that. Oh, it's great. That's why you get to this. You want to get to this point in the year. Of course, you want to win it all. You want to be part of the uh, the, the last game of the season and win it. But I mean, it, it is. It's it's exciting. Um, there's no way anybody's going to be like down. I mean, you're not going to be intimidated. These guys are not going to be intimidated by it. They're just going to have to get used to it a little bit. But I tell you, when you line up on the on the line. Uh, uh, when you're getting introduced before the first game, everybody's got that butterfly effect. It's great. And I always was concerned that if I didn't have it, wow, there, there's something wrong with me right now. And I didn't like my, my mental edge at that particular point. So you got to walk out there. You, you kind of look calm, but you're not. You're looking out over the, th- the entire event and you're looking at the other team. You're on the line and somebody's singing the national anthem. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a really spectacular moment. And there's a lot of emotion, internal emotion going on regarding how I got here. Uh, all that's part of this night. But you do get over it rather quickly and you move on to the first pitch. And how deliciously ironic is it that one reason we're in this pitch com era with this device to signal batter, uh, pitches to the pitcher is because of the Houston Astros. Let's face it. Right. The sign stealing scandal of 2017. They're using live television feeds to to get the signs and relay them to the hitters. And we went through a couple of years where everybody was paranoid about runners on second base, stealing signs and signaling them. And this was the answer. And it it came a lot faster than baseball thought. They gave it to teams. And you probably did, Joe, in spring training this year. Yeah. Try it out. Mm -hmm. See what it's like. They had no idea that teams so quickly were going to say, yeah, we like it. And, And it really from opening day for a lot of teams was the go-to way and the old school way of traditionally putting those fingers down from the catcher to the pitcher. Um, it's been gone. And it's something actually, I, Theo Epstein was the one who introduced this idea of it. It's actually based on bone conduction technology where when you, you press this bone or you press this lever that the signal is transmitted and the bones in your skull pick up the vibration. And that's how you quote unquote hear it. And he actually got it from the world of magic. I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but the mag- the magicians can get some, you know, some things done by having somebody relay information to them inside, you know, a hat or a, a wig or whatever it is. But there you go. Here we are with technology replacing sign stealing that the Astros got in trouble with in 2017. Interesting. You know, in spring training this last year, I had a hard time convincing everybody to try it because I didn't really know it. I didn't understand it when it first when I was first introduced to it myself. But I, I thought that there's a lot of benefit to this. I mean, one of the things you're trying to do is expedite the game. And like you suggested, the sign stealing got in everybody's head. Everybody was paranoid about it. 
So you're doing these uh, really elaborate methods. And it really took a lot of time up in pre-series meetings just talking about how you're going to uh, devise or secure your science going into the game. So I, I liked it for that reason a lot. But I'm telling you, there's some old-school guys in, in camp, catchers and pitchers both. Uh, ah, I don't really want to do this. I still want to do it the way we had done it. I said, that's fine. But just, just do me one favor. Just try like even in a bullpen session. We're in a bullpen session with your pitcher and see what you guys think after that. And kind of uh, it kind of broke the edges a, a little bit more quickly that way. And guys started getting into it. And, of course, now it's widely accepted. It was really a good idea uh, for a lot of different reasons. And one of them, I think, is the expeditious component. Yeah, that's been a great benefit to it. And as one pitching coach told me, if you're not using pitch comm with a guy on second base, you're at a competitive disadvantage. You can't steal the signs from pitch comm, but you can – from second base on the traditional ones. Hey, when we get back, we're going to talk about what really, to me, Joe, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Game three of a seven-game series, a lot of times that's the big swing game. And the guy getting the ball for the Philadelphia Phillies in this big swing game, that's a guy that Joe Madden had this year to start the season. We'll talk about that next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Book of Joe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Book of Joe. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. Game three, World Series. Joe, I'd never forget what Joe Torrey told me in 1996. His game three starter in Atlanta was David Cohn. And the New York Yankees, they didn't plan on it, but they went there down 2-0. They lost two games at home to open the 96 World Series. He had set up his rotation to have a veteran like David Cohn. Knew he wouldn't be cowered in a big spot on the road, whether they were up, down, tied, whatever. Um, And it certainly worked in their favor. So game three tonight, series tied, big swing game. It's Noah Syndergaard on the mound. You had him this year with the Angels. What are your thoughts on Noah getting the ball in this spot? I love the Tory analytical method there as opposed to the actual <laughs> yeah. one. I mean, I think that's great. Um, that's something that a veteran manager would think about. I, I get it. Uh, Noah, a big fan. A uh, uh, little background. Noah and I share a really uh, deep uh, appreciation for Topo Chico uh, mineral water. So when I got to spring training, uh, he, he came in my office and we sat down and and we each had a Topo Chico, and I got to know him better. Uh, really an interesting fellow. <clears throat> he is. He's very bright. He's very uh, introspective. He, he thinks a lot, uh, and I like him. I like him. So anyway, we get him there, and I saw him when he was like uh, really Thor back in the day with the, the Mets with the, the, the big fastball. He didn't have the big, big, biggest fastball this year, but still had enough, plenty, plenty, like 94 and a half, a lot of 95s, uh, and I like this fastball. The thing I – <clears throat> excuse me, I really like about him. I really like uh, the sinker. Uh, I like his sinker a lot. I like his sinker and I like his changeup. Now, I know his slider is a good pitch. The breaking ball, whatever, is a very good pitch. But he could put the ball on the ground. If you're playing good defense behind him, he could really – he could get two outs with one pitch. And I think his changeup is a really underestimated pitch. And if he's got that going on, it could really help versus the left-handed hitter. The breaking ball, I like. Uh, I think he could get in trouble with that sometimes. He really needs to make it a, a strike ball, uh, unless, of course, it's the first pitch sometimes. But uh, I, I think there, you know, the, the fastball number isn't large, but when he's locating and getting it down to the point where he wants, it's going to be on the ground. And again, the changeup is a better pitch than I think he's given credit for. So makeup is outstanding. Um, he's not going to be, I don't think, I mean, everybody's impacted a little bit, maybe the first couple pitches, but he's going to be fine. And I'm curious. I mean, uh, the number, I guess he's only thrown up to three innings and maybe right around 40 pitches most recently. So there's going to be a concern about that. And you're definitely going to see a bullpen up early. Uh, you know, the way Robbie's doing this whole thing, though, if, if he like cruises the first two or three innings, he might even try to get four out of him. It depends on what part of the batting order is coming up. But um, I, I like the idea of him pitching tonight. I'm eager to watch him pitch. But that's who he is. He's uh He's a three-pitch guy, and he can put the ball on the ground, and that always is beneficial in a big moment. Yeah, I like what you said about his changeup. You know, it's probably a better pitch than most people think, but he's got a lineup tonight with just two left-handed hitters in it, in Alvarez and Tucker. So he's not going to feature that against right-handed hitters. So the key, once again, Joe, I said this coming into the series, for Rob Thompson, the pivot point in this game is always going to be when the runway with Alvarez and Tucker comes around. Again, there's only two left-handed hitters in that lineup, but they're both extremely dangerous. And I think the key tonight is going to be when Syndergaard, if he's still in there, comes around to Alvarez again 
And then where does Rob Thompson go? Now, again, there's not a lot of length from Syndergaard, even in the best-case scenario, but that's, that's an early hook if you're talking about facing 11 or 12 batters. He may have to do that. The question is, where does he go? He doesn't have Ranger Suarez available in the bullpen tonight. He's his Game 4 starter. So he can't play the same kind of matchups he did in Game 1. That perhaps brings Brad Hand into play against the Alvarez-Tucker runway. He hasn't really been on point with his breaking stuff, and he throws a ton of them. So it's a little bit of a quandary for Rob Thompson. Maybe he goes to Brogdon or Bilotti, you know, go right against left. Um, but this is one of the fascinating setups to this series, I think, is when, and Joe, you've been here, when you get to the middle games of the series, you're playing three straight games, and you can't use your, your leverage guys too early when you face games three, four, and five. The thing about that in particular, too, Alvarez, I mean, it'd be hard to get him warmed up during an inning, trying to count on the fact that here comes Harper, um, excuse me, here comes uh, Tucker or um, uh, Alvarez in, in, a, in a key moment, and and then not get to that point. So you warm him up and sit him down. So it's almost like he would have to start an inning in order to uh, really be comfortable warming him up and putting him in the game. Hand, on the other hand, uh, if you warmed him up and he had to sit down, that would be okay. So I think in the early part of the game, wow, unless it's like absolutely apparent that uh, their lefty, the Alvarez, is going to pitch against the right guys uh, starting an inning, that might be more amenable to them. But again, if you have to warm somebody up and not get to him, possibly, and have him sit down, that's not as uh, comforting. So uh, it's hard uh, to get him like in the fourth inning, possibly. I, I think they might come up with plan B in order to get him at least to the sixth inning. If it came up at that point, it's a little bit more tasty. But if you have to do it early on and and you miss your mark just because maybe a double play ball happens, who knows? Um, so you have to be a little bit more careful with that because you don't want to warm a guy like that up and have him sit down where you're not as concerned with warming hand up and having him sit down. Hey, and speaking of Syndergaard, I remember in spring training this year, Joe, Marcel Latchman got his eyes on Noah Syndergaard, and he, he figured something out with his the way he left the rubber. Uh, Noah used to be a guy with the back foot. He kind of dragged that foot off the rubber, and it was more of Marcel got him out on his front side, maybe picking that rub, uh, foot off the rubber. Um, I'm not sure if Noah really followed through and stayed with that, but um, give me an idea of a guy like Marcel Latchman, the kind of wisdom that he has. Um, and obviously, he's reacting not to any kind of data. He's reacting to what he sees and, and the value of those kind of coaches. Invaluable. Invaluable. Um, you know, the, that's the more difficult thing to do, especially during the course of a game, is to be able to pick up on a flaw. Marcel is talking about turning his back heel over. That's something we got from Bob Clear back in the day. When you get your back heel over, like to the sky, that that really grounds you on the backside, and then you kind of your foot actually your toe should drag before it picks up and comes around, and that's what he saw with him. Sometimes guys leave the rubber too soon, and you don't have that stability on your backside, and you kind of lose maybe your command with it. So uh, that's that's what Marcel was uh, talking about. I I want a pitching coach that can uh, help make adjustments on the fly. Another guy was good at that was Joe Coleman Jr was really good at picking up flaws uh, in the moment. Um, he was outstanding. Mr. Pohl, Dick Pohl, uh, was another guy. I've had some really good pitching coaches in my past. But Marcel, uh, you could talk to almost any guy that he, that's, that worked or played for him. And any coach that's been around him, you know, since I've been doing this in 1980 or so, he's, he's the best. He still is. Uh, Marcel and I stay in touch real closely. Um, 
Um, and I just love being around the guy and, and, and he's so, gosh, I mean, you talk about a truth teller. Don't ask the question if you don't want the answer. A lot like Babalu, Bob Clear. So, and again, this is all accounted for in the book too. But yeah, I want a guy that could see something off during the course of a game and bring it to the guy's attention. One word, really quick sentence, a little jab, nothing, not elongated. And Marshall's really good at that. Yeah, it reminds me of a of uh, Kevin Long, the hitting coach for the Phillies. We might have talked about this. He's yeah. He's the only hitting coach, by the way, to take four teams to the World Series. That's pretty impressive, but that's how good he is. And I talked to him about his methodologies, and he really doesn't use technology. I mean, other than video, of course, everybody's been using that for years, but no force plates, no K-vests, you know, no gadgets. It's pretty much like a Marcel Latchman, you know, put eyes on the player, work with the player, put together a game plan. He, he's great at identifying flaws and putting together approaches. And I'm real curious to see what he comes up with in game three against Lance McCullers Jr., who throws a ton of breaking pitches. Breaking balls. Yeah, yeah exactly. So a lot to look forward to. So we talked about that in the past with uh, along with the hitters. The, the, the analytical component of our game really does not benefit the hitters much, or, if at all, like it does with defenses and pitching. So I understand that completely. I think uh, when you're able to watch your guy hit because you know what it's supposed to look like. And furthermore, he knows what it's supposed to feel like. So you're observing him and he's, you know, the, the feel and the knowing are not um, matching up at this particular time. A good hitting coach would be able to say something to that hitter and immediately you're, you you get the back to the right field almost immediately, and that's that's what we're talking about with a guy like Longer Marcel. They can match up the 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 flaw, and then all of a sudden the the student immediately feels the right movement, and now now you really got something when when uh, knowledge or knowing and feel match up, then you're then you're on the right path. Oh, cool stuff! Hey, managing is a difficult job, and it's especially difficult these days because of. Twitter detectives. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. 
Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. Of course, this is the same title as our book, The Book of Joe, Tom Verducci with Joe Madden. And if you love this podcast, you hear something interesting, believe me, you'll love the book. There's a ton of really interesting information, advice, you name it. It's not just about baseball. It, a lot of things you can take out of it. Uh, so pick it up wherever you buy your books. So I mentioned Twitter detectives. And we went through this again with uh, Framber Valdez on the mound in game two. And people watching the game can see that he's rubbing his hands together and then rubbing the baseball and then throwing his pitches. Pitched a great game for the Houston Astros in game two. And immediately people start wondering, is he doctoring the baseball? Does he have something on his right hand that he's transferring to his left or at least to the baseball to get either a better grip or a performance enhancer? And, of course, Rob Thompson, the manager after the game, had to be asked about it. He said, basically, you know, the umpires check these guys. and We we trust they're doing their jobs. So, Joe, it kind of puts the manager in a tough spot now. Everybody's trying to decide what's going on. I remember back in the World Series in 06 with Kenny Rogers. I think it was 06. Kenny Rogers had something on his throwing hand, and everybody could see it. And that became a big to-do. Of course, Joe Musgrove and the slick substance he had on his ears. Um I don't know what your thoughts on this, but it does kind of put the manager in a tough spot because maybe nothing's going on or maybe something's going on that his own pitchers are doing. Correct. That That's the whole thing right there. you got to make sure your guys are clean too. But uh, just like Robbie said, I, that would have been my answer also. I trust the umpires. The umpires are checking these guys after every inning. So if you don't trust the umpires, then really what can you trust regarding the integrity of the game in progress? So that would be it for me right there, uh, as you're suggesting too, what happens, you're, you're in the corner managing the game and all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and they're suspicious of something. And then you don't want to disappoint whomever's bringing this point to you, but by the same token, uh, you're not sure. There's, there's a lot of preoccupation with different things going on all the time and most of the time or almost all the time. It's nothing. So do I go say something to ameliorate the, the concerns of my player right here or do I just say to the player, listen, the umpires are checking him I trust the umpires. I really want to stay in that particular moment. Finally, like you said, uh, do we know that all our guys are doing the right thing too? Because we don't. We don't know that. So um, I I believe uh, the system in place is a good one. I like the idea of the umps checking um, the pitchers as they walk off the mound. It's very intrusive. It happens very quickly. And I, and I like that. So uh, I trust that. I trust that process. I don't think there's a whole lot more you can do about it. Um, and that's it. I mean, I, I just I, I don't want to take it any more deeply than that. If I'm the manager, um, I think uh, if something really pops, you'll know about it. But if you don't trust the umpires, then who are you trusting out there? Yeah, well said. And listen, I can tell you, and this is, it does not apply to this series. I'll be upfront and clear about that. It does not apply to this series. But I've been around teams in dugouts where for night games, you see sun lotion. I mean, do you need SPF 15? <laughs> for a game at seven thirty, eight o'clock. Some and, places have good lights. Come on, Some places man. Have good light so listen, we know it goes on. I think it's more of an issue in these games in Philadelphia. Obviously, we were in a dome in in Houston, right? Perfect conditions. We're now talking about temperatures maybe getting down to the forties the next three nights in Philadelphia. We're getting a grip on a baseball. Let's face it, it's an issue, right? With the baseballs we have in the game today. So um listen. is something going on? Maybe there's something to help pitchers get a better grip, but I'm glad they're at least having 
even if it's the theater of it, the umpires check these guys walking off the field after each inning. I'll tell you what, the rosin bag does help a lot. I mean, that rock rosin, if you got that and you put it on your hands and really rub it together, it gets tacky. It actually gets sticky just from the rock rosin. Uh, some people prefer that as rock rosin, just like little rocks in that bag. And you just pat your hand a couple times and you give it one of these and it gets sticky. It gets tacky. And the same for the other rosin bag. I don't know. I don't know why there would be much more needed than that. I mean, I'd never understood why guys want so much stick on their hands because even like you know, the balls coming out of your fingertips, I'm really impressed that they could command it with all that sticky stuff in the past. So the rosin bag is effective and um, maybe just a combination that your hands are a little bit moist and then you put the rosin on there, which is perfectly legal. And all of a sudden you get that tackiness you're looking for. So maybe tonight you're going to see guys go more to the bag than, than usual just for that particular reason. Uh, but again, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sufficient and satisfied with uh, the umpires checking the pitchers after the inning. Hey, Joe, have you ever asked umpires to check an opposing pitcher? Uh, only after I've been challenged. Um, you know, if, if somebody wants to pull the trigger first, then I'm going to come back at him. Um, even to the point one time in New York with uh, Joe Torrey checked Aki Iwamura's bat in a game when I was a really young manager in um, at Yankee Stadium. And because Aki had a bat that was kind of like shaved off. I mean, it was like really abrupt at the end, very sharp. So they checked it and um, it was it was uh, they confiscated. I think they did confiscate if I'm right. So the next inning, I checked Alex Rodriguez's bat. You know, and I, I had to pick their biggest guy at that particular moment because I wasn't suspecting anything, but I just went back after him because they went after one of my guys. The same thing when when uh, Peralta was checked, I think, in, in, in uh, Washington. I'm pretty certain I did check somebody after that, but I'm here to tell you the next day I had a, several national pitchers coming up to me telling me how much they did not like what happened the day before, and I assured them I'm not taking it to another level. So, yeah, I mean, if I if, – if, if you get checked in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to defend my guys, and I'm going to do something in return. But I've, I, I don't think I've ever been proactive in an attempt to check something like that. Guys also complain about leathers, uh, laces being too long. Those are times I've had to go out to the umpire for something like that, and they have to cut the lace because his arm's coming around, and all of a sudden his long lace is flapping in the hitter's face. Or with um, something gold on, something hanging out of their neck, and also the, the color of the glove would bother some guys, too. So you would, those are the times I would ask for help from the umpire, but not to check in regards to something being sticky. Yeah. Hey, hey, speaking of umpires, shout out to Pat Hoberg, home plate umpire, game two of the World Series. Well, I saw it. There's a website that keeps track of the accuracy of umpires' calls. Now, it's not the same system as what MLB uses to grade their umpires, so keep that in mind, but... According to their numbers, Pat Holberg got every call right, 129 for 129. He called, quote-unquote, a perfect game in the World Series. Now, to me, this is instructive a little bit, Joe, because Game 2 of the World Series, there were no crew chiefs on the field, regular season crew chiefs. These guys made it to the World Series, especially because they're really good on ball and strike calls. And it's the youngest umpiring crew according to Richard Rieker MLB ever and Pat Hoberg is one of these guys who's been trained on the laser technology that they use it's it's the strike zone not your strike zone he made it to the big leagues at 27 he's only 36 and to me when I'm watching these games Joe and I see these younger umpires the younger eyes on the 
extra velocity and spin we have in the game today and guys who are trained on a laser-guided strike zone, these guys are good. And so we're looking at an umpiring crew in the World Series that doesn't have, you know, the 30, 25 years of experience. But the fact that he, at least in one system, was graded out perfectly, 129 for 129, it's not a surprise to me after watching these regular season games. I don't know if you saw that as a manager, Joe, but the younger guys, they're bringing it. No, listen, I'm with you. I'm a big fan of Pat. I think Pat is outstanding. I saw that same um, sheet uh, evaluating his game, and I, I wasn't surprised. This guy is that good. And another thing about Pat that's not included in that, you could talk to this guy. You could have a conversation with Pat. I really, uh, I, 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 again, not surprised. I thought it was great. I was really happy for him because he is that good of a dude also. How about James Hoy uh, uh, saying, uh, negating the, the hit by pitch? I love that. I love, love it because he was right on the money with that 100%. There's no argument there whatsoever. Another, I mean, I don't remember everybody there, but another uh, two other favorites ever, Alan Porter and Jordan Baker. These guys are really good. Jordan Baker's another guy you could talk to. Alan Porter, he get upset as you want. He'll just look at you calmly and he'll talk about it. Uh, these, are, these guys are not only good in regards to their judgment, but their bedside manner is outstanding too. So I don't remember the other three guys off the top of my head. But those those are among my favorite umpires that I've seen over the last several years. Yeah, I mean, you know they're doing a good job because the umpires have not been an issue this postseason. I get it. We have replay on the bases. That's great. But we have not had big issues about ball and strike calls. That's cool. So, Joe, I, I think a lot of people, when we, we've talked a lot about cars here, might be wondering about your RV. Mm. I mean, it was famous. It was on HBO. I mean, it got a lot of play. Do you still have it? Do you still travel around it? What's going on with Joe Madden's ride? The cousin Eddie has been retired and sold. Um, oh my yeah, goodness! It's awful. It's wow, awful. breaking news! It is breaking news. It took I, us this I, long it, into the podcast to break that kind of news. I miss it. I miss. I miss driving that thing. I love being on the highway with that. I just love just going places. My favorite. I think we've talked about this was uh, Blue Water RV Resort in um, Key West. My God, you get down to your ten miles. From Key West, um, it's your nose is right on the water. There's a tiki hut there that you get also. God, and, and you ride your bike. Was it bike trail there? It was fantastic. All along the Florida Peninsula, um, Panhandle there, it is tremendous. And that's where I met Theo and Jed many years ago. So for right now, the Cousin Eddie's retired. Um, we just had a hard time getting a place to keep and all kinds of little things that were going on. So, But I think it's going to make a comeback eventually. But for right now, I, I just thought I got my van. The Cal State Fullerton is getting a new engine, 76 Dodge uh, Tradesman 200 van. New engine, uh, 360 with a 408-stroker kit, new captain seats up front, killer stereo system. Um, that's in Downey, <clears throat> California right now. I'm going to be getting that back soon. And that's going to have to take the place of the Cousin Eddie for now. But Eddie shall return. Wow. But by the way, does the Cal State Fullerton have the shag carpeting on the walls? Of course it does. And it's the Cal State Fullerton <laughs> because in 76, uh, Doug Slavette used to pick me up to take me to my first uh, practices at Cal State Fullerton prior to spring training, which like Freddie Lynn was working out there. Rick Burleson was working out there. All these dudes were working out there. And that's how I got to know those guys. But he had a 76 black Dodge van uh, that I've always wanted since then. And I researched, researched, researched. Finally, I found this thing on Craigslist out of in a little town outside of Pittsburgh about 10 years ago. And this is definitely going to become a family heirloom because I will never sell this thing. It's so cool. 
Well, that wraps up another edition of the Book of Joe podcast. Joe, always a pleasure. Looking forward to the next time. we got more World Series games to talk about and uh, maybe some more Cousin Eddie conversation. And I think some people already know this, but I got this quote from Andy Warhol. I am a deeply superficial person. God, do I love that. Love it. I'm a deeply superficial, yes. Andy. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.